Nu ați întâlnit cumva o femeie pe nume Catalin Varga? Cine? Are un băiețel de 90 ani și călătoresc cu căruța. Urban igazi apja megerőzött volt. Két férfi felajánlotta, hogy elvisz. Aztán, amikor az autó lekanyarodott az útról, és akkor már biztos voltam, hogy bajban vagyok, de teljes örömből elkezdtem futni. De ők egy pillanat alatt mellettem teremtek. Everybody and welcome to Generation Lost, the show about movies with Bryn and also with Jeremy. That's right. It is also with Jeremy. I was just it's taking also a, about movies. It's also about movies. I was just taking a sip <laughs> of beer. I didn't see you there. Uh, hi, <laughs> uh, thanks hi. for thanks for joining us. Um, <laughs> we've got a very exciting show ahead for you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's coming up. It's coming up. We got a very exciting show for you planned this week. We've planned a lot, and um, we've done a lot of preparation ahead of this episode. That's true. So many things have been watched and organized. Things are percolating in the old noodle, Mm -hmm. where things percolate. That's where you percolate things in your head in the old in the old <laughs> coffee pot <laughs> that's what i call my head yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep so uh we both watched a lot of things one of them i can't talk about not because until next week we're actually going to do it next week yeah um so until then yeah i'm gonna go ahead and just do the shitty things that i did manage to watch uh first okay um so what i watched was <laughs> I watched a movie called FX. Oh, I love FX. <laughs> yes, I love FX. <laughs> I have not seen it since I was a kid, but I love that movie. <laughs> so I've watched one so I watched both of them. Okay. I watched FX and FX2. Um Hell yeah, dude. Now what I I had seen one of them and I think it was the second one and not the first one for mm-hmm. some reason. Uh when I was like seven or six years old and i didn't remember it but i did remember the clown have you seen two yes yeah yeah. um i mean not since i was a kid but yes he has this weird like basically suit he can wear that controls a mannequin that's a clown right and it's very scary and i remembered that and that's basically all i remembered from two Mm -hmm. but the first one here's the thing about the first one it has the exact same plot as shooter Okay. <laughs> Except he's not a sniper. He's a movie Hollywood guy. But he's like killing like a politician? Yeah. So the plan is that the FBI comes to him and says, hey, you're great at faking stuff right. in movies. So we need you to help us fake the killing of a mob boss. Yeah. So see, this is like, I remember the movie being like, it's an action movie about yeah. a guy who can do special effects real good and he uses them to get himself out of situations and get him, you know, get various things to go in his favor or whatever. The thing that I've never been able to remember is like, what is the inciting incident yeah, that happens? leads to all of this? <laughs> Why would this happen to I him? I always assumed it was just like, 
I don't know, like some guys are like robbing the movie studio and he has to do like a Home Alone style caper. <laughs> no, it's a it's bonkers as a plot because what happens is <laughs> the FBI comes to him and says, hey, we got to fake the death of a mob boss for some reason. They don't mm-hmm. really explain. Or, He's uh, in like witness protection or something like that. Something like that. And um and they're like, he's like, okay, sure, I'll make you a little mannequin or whatever. Not even questioning, like, oh, interesting, our government fakes people's deaths yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's just like, okay, sounds interesting. And then, like, he starts making the mannequin. He's, he gets, like, a fake gun and stuff with, like, blanks in it. And then, um, and then, before, like, the day before they're supposed to do this fake thing, they're like, we need you to be the fake assassin. And he's like, why? Why me? Like, I, I'm, I'm a fucking, I'm not, I can't, I'm not a spy. I don't, I work in movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, also, uh, apparently I work completely alone. I do every special effect by myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a one man team. Yeah, I'm he's a like a, um, he's like an auteur. Yeah, he's like a Tom Savini, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's basically based off Tom Savini. It's just like a guy or Stan Winston or something who like does mostly makeup and blood effects. Um, but apparently can do everything. Um, and so he, uh, they, he agrees. They're like, we'll pay you the, the large sum of $30,000. <laughs> um, just to, all you got to do is be there, pretend to f- kill a guy. Uh, well, if you, yeah, I mean, if you didn't think like the government's going to like do a reversey on you, like you're, you know, you're like yeah, $30,000 $30, for a night's work. Yeah. You just got to pretend to shoot a guy and then yeah. like, they're going to carry him away. So, but then they really kill him. Yeah. Uh, and so he's been pinned as a patsy and now he's on the run with the FBI. This is never really engaged with in any way. And like shooters, so it's not like a cool move. Like politically, it's not a cool right, movie. Yeah. But it is kind of funny that he's like, they fuck him over. And then he's like, damn it. Now I have to get away and ends up. It's like, it's th- almost like cooler in a way that it's like taken at face. Like that. It's like, that's just taken as a given. Like the FBI fucked this guy over and you're not supposed to be like, why would the FBI do something like that? <laughs> like it's just taken as a given that you understand that's what the FBI does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then I think it's like later there's some sort of like corruption or whatever. Like Whatever, yeah. Whatever. But it, what's... So the movie is fun. Uh, it's pretty fun. It, yeah. There's the, really, the best part of the movie is this car chase right in the middle. They, like, swap cars with somebody. And then there's this, like, really well-directed, like, French connection level, like, car chase right in mm-hmm. the middle. Very old-school 80s car chase. Like, not huge, but, like, very tense and, like, well, well shot. Um, very little else happens in that scene. I think there is a dummy that, like, they, they throw out in, like, one of the cars, like, almost crashes out because they're trying to avoid running over the person um so that's fun and then the way it wraps up is like the bad the main bad fbi guy or whatever like he super glues a gun to his hand yes i remember that (laughs) with like a fake the fake blank gun and he's like no wait don't shoot it's a mistake and the cops kill him yeah hell yeah Um, (laughs) uh so that's fun the big downside of fx1 is that um, he doesn't really have that much to do effects wise? Yeah, like he's like there's not there's not that much you can do as a guy who can sculpt sculptures that look real on camera, and so they 
I feel like they're too in their own head about the, the premise mm-hmm. where they're just like, well, is that realistic? Like they basically make up an excuse to have a normal guy have all of James Bond gear, you know, like the Q gear of yeah. like, well, this is a special magic trick thing, but then they barely have him do any of it. I remember it's- him doing something with like a fake arm or something like that. Oh yeah. God, it's confusing. There's like also this whole thing where there's this really scary uh, monster that's like in his doorway um, that like keeps scaring people when they come in. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that like scares the FBI people once or whatever. Yeah. He has like, <laughs> there's like a fire retardant suit thing. Uh, there's a couple things, you know, it's not, they don't leave everything on the ground, but um, it does feel like there's not enough there. It's like they couldn't think of more things besides dummies. <laughs> yeah. But then does he go crazy in the second one? Is it just like... The- oh, yeah. So the second one is insane. Uh-huh. Uh, it's worse, like a thousand times worse as a movie. Um, Brian Dennehy does return, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, but like just technologically, nothing makes any sense. Like he has this mannequin that he control with his body right which yes. is a clown like i just mentioned um and uh he uh that like runs around and attacks like there's like a fight scene with a clown <laughs> a Hell mannequin yes. puppet thing uh there's a lot of drones see um, that's what you want from the movie right yeah. it's like you want like stupid bullshit you like, want stupid bullshit that's fun and explodes yeah in a movie like oh that's called fx and is basically just shooter with a hollywood guy right like you want to see like i want to see a few times for him to like fake his own death and be like uh surprise bitch actually i was wearing fake bullet holes <laughs> you yeah, know yeah like we should see his whole head get cut off yeah exactly <laughs> like he should be really fake and some crazy shit yes <laughs> and i'd be like nope just kidding it was movie effects because you're watching a movie what would be so fun is if like he goes like bonkers with it and like the fun of the movie would be in this case that everybody in the world is stupid except for him so like he can be like he can <laughs> wear like an alien face and be like i'm a fucking alien and they're like no ah, get him get out of here alien and he's like i have secret alien lasers yeah he convinces one of the fbi agents that a zombie apocalypse is happening yeah. by like reaching through the wall with like a dead hand or whatever. no zombies oh fuck my worst nightmare <laughs> <laughs> yeah stuff like that you, yeah. you would think should be in the movie but it's really mostly just like tricking people with fake guns and dummies yeah um stuff real cia does right um which is grounded in reality and the movie is a pretty fun but who wants that no, nobody wants that who wants that so fx2 doubles down on the ideas which is great and none of the success uh in terms of like dialogue or like shooting it well (laughs) who gives a shit like (laughs) yeah it's fun i mean i had a fun time it's not like the first one like even if the first one is an objectively better movie it's not like the first one's a good movie (laughs) they're both pretty bad yeah Yeah, like (laughs) i would say don't watch fx if you haven't seen them uh they don't really hold up to any sort of scrutiny there's there's better 80s action movies there's better but it's like it's it's a shooter. <laughs> it's a hallmark of an era of action movies where like it feels like in the 80s it was all about like what kind of different 
guy can we bring to the party you know yeah. it's like there was like success in die hard and they were like well who yeah. else could yes. be like who else could be a john mcclain type there was a period in the 80s where every single movie was die hard yes and but it was like, like die hard with like some weird guy that it's just like w- this one's called like this one's called like milk money and it's yeah. the it's the the milkman has to <laughs> has to do a bank robbery yeah, yeah. or else his daughter will be murdered yeah this one's called cybernetics and it's like what if an electrical engineer had to <laughs> had to dismantle robots or something yeah yeah yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah every movie was like that. it was like some normal ass person yeah. with a specialty gets in but a weird specialty is not not what you'd think yeah not <laughs> gun specialty. Yeah, he's not like a bomb specialist or something I mean, the net like is that. kind of that. What if a hacker got embroiled yeah. and then she had to use her hacker <laughs> skills to get out of it? Um, yeah, so FX doesn't hold up in any way. They were fun to watch uh, late at night with my friends. Um, yeah. And I would recommend that. One other movie that I did watch um, that I wanted to bring up on this show. And since I didn't watch much this week, I'm going to bring it up now is a movie that I want people to watch. Okay. Uh, it is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. And if you're into that kind of stuff, this is a special one. Hell yes. It's not Neil Breen or, um, Tommy Wiseau level, mm-hmm. but it's so insane, uh, that I think you should watch it. It's a movie called Ripper man. Okay. And it stars someone named Timothy bottoms. Um, who is an actor that is not a real name he's it's his real name and he has brothers there's four bottoms brothers that are in hollywood (laughs) (laughs) that is such a good gay porn site name the bottoms Bottoms brothers Brothers. (laughs) hell yeah Uh, dude (laughs) but this is a movie about an uh an ex-police officer a guy who was um fired from the force for i forget what and he has found a new career we opened on him preparing to go on stage listening to self-help tapes that he has recorded himself and sells okay and he's listening to them trying to psych himself out to not be so nervous on stage and he is now a professional performance hypnotist okay (laughs) for some reason and uh he is visited one day by mr bottoms um, and he's like a, a just a crazy guy. Like he's weird, and he's has this like ominous thing about him. And he's like, "Hey, I need you to hypnotize me because I think that I'm someone from another life. I f- believe that I was someone in another life that's important or something. I have all these weird feelings, and I need you to help me figure it out." Okay. So he hypnotizes him, and then like he the. Timothy Bottoms figures it out, but you're not supposed to have figured it out, even though the movie's called Ripper Man. But what happens is that this guy is the reincarnation of Jack the Ripper and thinks that he's Jack the Ripper. He either is or thinks he is. It yeah. turns out not only is he, there's also some like cross dimensional demonic shit going on. Oh, great. And it's very stupid. <laughs> but now this guy who's a hypnotist and an ex cop is like, well, I'll just go tell my old cop buddies that the reincarnation of Jack the Ripper is back and we got to stop him. (laughs) 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 And he is summarily laughed out of the room by all of his cop friends. Naturally. What the fuck is wrong with you? 
And they're like, no, all of the serial killings that have been going on in this whatever town this is, that's from this guy. And they're like, what proof do you have of that? And he's like, he's Jack the Ripper. <laughs> and they're like, no, <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Uh, anyway, it gets stranger and stranger. And I was, I, what's funny about it is how fucking bad the acting is. Uh-huh. Uh, this the, the Ripper, the titular Ripper man looks like... Um, like b-side chris sarandon with a jerry curl like it's awful (laughs) and he's he's acting is a hundred like he is always way overplaying and like mugging for the camera and doing these real weird like wild-eyed screams and stuff he's just in a different movie and everyone else has never acted before (laughs) 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 and so he's just like Playing to the rafters, like Nicolas Cage style, but not a good actor. Hell yeah. And then everyone else is like, what? (laughs) 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 What do you mean? Did you ever see, um, did you ever see the ginger dead man? Yeah, yeah. It reminds me of that in a way. It is a lot like that, except this has even lower production (laughs) level. Um, so, and it's at home, if you've never seen it, the ginger dead man is a movie, uh, about a gingerbread man who is also a murderer. Yeah. And played by Gary Busey. Ga- played by Gary Busey. And that's what I was thinking of is how Gary Busey is so big in every scene of that movie <laughs> and nobody else even gives a shit that they're in a movie. <laughs> so it's always just like the ginger dead man puppet just like flying through the room and Gary Busey going like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then like somebody else being like, oh no, it's the ginger dead man. <laughs> And by the way, folks, uh, the, the, the origin story, if I remember correctly, of the ginger dead man uh-huh. is that Gary Busey is a serial killer who gets chased down by like the cops or whatever, and they shoot him inside of a bakery and his blood goes into the <laughs> yes, cookie batter. That and is then what happens. Nothing else happens, though. Like there's no like lightning strikes the no, cookie no. machine. <laughs> <laughs> if you put someone's blood in the cookies, the cookies become alive. The with cookies that become them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's just how we all know it works. <laughs> Damn, I gotta watch that movie again. I love that movie. Oh, it's very funny. Uh- <laughs> but that one's self-aware. That's definitely like coming from a place of trying to make a stupid movie. Yeah, and that's why it's not anywhere near as funny as Ripper Man, where yeah. Ripper Man is just scene after scene of like gut-busting scenarios where it's like, that's your reaction to this? It's great. I I, uh, I enjoyed Riverman very much. Damn. Um, so what did you watch this week? Thank you for asking. You're welcome. Uh, I watched uh, a couple things. I watched a movie called No Man of God. Okay. So I was Is telling you, uh, yeah. So I was telling you in the in the bonus episode that I was like scrolling through trailers trying to find something to watch, and everything looks like shit. Right, because it is shit, and we are in the midst, as you were explaining, amidst of all of the shit that they were taking too much of a risk on to release in theaters anyway, but it's yeah. like a big enough deal to make its money back in streaming. Exactly, but it's not it's not too big of a deal that it can't make its money back in streaming. Right, exactly. So we're never getting a blockbuster, but we're, never but we're getting, also never getting a good indie. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're just getting the middling trash right yeah, now. Yeah, the, the, the weird studio indies with big names in them yes. that like people are going to watch cause it's on and they're like Elijah Wood. I like that guy. So th- yeah. So it's Elijah Wood is mm-hmm. in uh, no man of God and it's him and the guy who plays Lenny Bruce in the marvelous Mrs. Maisel <laughs> Luke Kirby. Those are the two main people in it. 
and then there's a couple of other people here and there, but those are the two main people. And it is uh, basically the exact same premise as Mindhunter on Netflix. Which I also haven't watched. That's Fincher, right? That was Fincher, at least in some capacity. I don't know exactly how much. Mm-hmm. But basically, Mindhunter was, was a TV series that was uh, based on a book about the original profiling of serial killers by the FBI. And it's about okay. these guys who are going <laughs> to like interview serial killers who are in jail to like try to create a psychological profile for them so they can mind hunt and find the future serial killers, which is never worked. It, it, <laughs> the whole thing is a complete failure. They yeah. never end up profiling them properly and actually preventing the serial killing. It never happens that way. Right. But is that what the show is about, or is it just no? The show is like is all just like it's not even pro FBI propaganda because like the main it's more like Stupid. it's more serial killer <laughs> bullshit sure. where it's just like it's true crime. Yeah, the main character is like a profiler who's like kind of starting to get a little too into it. You know, and like he's starting to like see the dark side of himself. And, and you're whatever. supposed to be like, that would be me. Yeah, yeah. I would get too into you're it. You're supposed to be like, that's a little bit sexy, actually. Yeah, I like that. Um, but so basically, that show ran for two seasons, and then like every Netflix show, it got that's canceled. It. And, you can only um, do two seasons. And and then this movie made the admirable choice, I think, to just say, well, they never got to Ted Bundy on that show, so <laughs> why don't we make a movie of. <laughs> Of the same premise, but a, l- a couple years down the line, sure, where we get to have Ted Bundy. So it's a movie about Elijah Wood is a uh, is a FBI agent who is on this profiling team, and uh, he's going to meet with Bundy. And uh, so Bundy has been arrested. Bundy's in jail. He's been in jail for a long time at this point. He hates talking to feds. He hates talking to anybody. He doesn't want to be bothered. But uh, Elijah Wood is able to crack him. And uh, they become like they become buddies, and they talk for years, and uh, they have like a series of meetings where they talk over time. Apparently, this is based on a true story. I realized just now that I watched an episode of Hot Ones where Elijah <laughs> Wood was on there. Uh-huh. You've seen that show, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, where Elijah Wood is on there promoting this movie, mm. where he was like, "I talked to the original guy who did this, and uh-huh. like whatever his process or whatever." So. What I would say is uh, it is largely not good. It's largely <laughs> like it's good. The acting is great. Right. Elijah Wood, fantastic. Uh, the Lenny Bruce guy, really, really good. Mm. Really surprised because I kind of think that he's kind of like a little muggy and shitty in, uh, in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I kind of think like As his, Lenny. his Lenny Bruce is ridiculous. And I understand like Lenny Bruce himself is ridiculous. Sure. Like, did you ever hear uh, Nick Milton's uh, Lenny Bruce impression? Is so funny. <laughs> it's just like I don't think so. It's literally it's just like, uh oh, the cops are here. <laughs> Better not say, pussy. <laughs> <laughs> and then the cops come in and arrest him for indecency. <laughs> Better not say, pussy. pussy. <laughs> Better not say, kike. <laughs> So, so he, um, he I think he kind of sucks on Marvelous as Basil. Okay, but uh, he's really good in this, and um, so the the acting is what's really supporting it for the most part. Otherwise, it's really paint by numbers in terms of like, like is he like helping him find another killer like. Silence no, of the Lamb style. Like, what's the premise? Of I mean, that's how he's getting to him, basically. Like. The, the premise is that he's just trying to profile him and trying to like get to know him and get to understand why he does what he does and whatever. But really it's just like 
they're just shooting the shit for the most part. It's a very it's it's a very play like movie. Um, it feels because yeah, almost yeah, yeah. all dialogue. It's just sitting in a room talking. Yeah. Um, the way that he like breaks into the conversation with Bundy and gets him to open up to him is by like letting him look at case files. Mm. Like he doesn't actually give a shit what Bundy has to say about these cases because he's not on those cases. He just is like, hey, I'll show you some pictures of some murder scenes and you can like pretend like you're <laughs> helping me find the guy. And Ted Bundy is like licking his lips yeah, like a he's cartoon wolf. Like, like, <laughs> he's like, this rules. Thank you. <laughs> I love murder. Yeah. Like what I'd say is like, it's. I don't think that's how serial killers were. Well, I think he likes the power trip of, um, of like feeling like he's helping the investigation or whatever mm-hmm. and like feeling like he like knows serial killers better than anybody else or whatever. I have a theory that the FBI made up serial killers. <laughs> I don't think they're real. <laughs> no, they killed the people. But I don't think they but were. But they're all mind control. Why don't they happen now? They do. When? The Gilgo Beach murderer. Who's the Gilgo Beach murderer? A cop. <laughs> okay, cop murderers exist. There's we a, all know that. There, so there's a serial there's an active serial killer on Long Island who's called the Gilgo Beach murderer. And he's called that because he dumps the bodies of Gilgo Beach and uh <laughs> like we know where he comes to dump the bodies, but we can't dude, catch him. No, no, no. The craziest thing is that like everybody knows exactly who it is, but nobody can do anything about it because he's a cop. He's still a cop. He's he's a retired cop, I believe. But basically, like everybody knows exactly who it is. There's like a podcast yeah. about it where this woman like basically just talks to the guy. He's very clearly the killer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and like, there's like stories about like the mother of one of the girls who was murdered. Like confronts him, and he basically tells her he's the killer. Nobody can do anything about it because he's a cop. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think like, I think that a lot of the people who are considered serial killers were either doing it for somebody mm-hmm. or or were protected for a long time somehow. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's about surveillance too. And like a lot of like people are easily more easily tracked now with cell phones and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's definitely way harder. It's, I mean, it's something we talked about last week with like the reason why you can't paint trains anymore is because yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's way harder to get away with. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so, so the movie is like, it, it's largely, the same shit as anything else that you've seen that's like this like mm-hmm. th- th- like in cold blood it's not bad or... it's just like it's not really you know it it, it just isn't really like it when you're making a movie like this when you're especially with ted bundy who we've seen a lot of in the past couple of years mm-hmm. like you always have to make a case for yourself right you always have to like make a case for why does this movie need why to do exist? i want why 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 do you want my attention and it never really makes a very good case for itself um there's some very interesting directorial choices that I will uh, make note of. Like, for example, there's a scene where there's a famous interview that Bundy gives with some pastor, like the, mm. a couple days before he's executed, mm-hmm. where he like is like crying and saying, like, I did this because I'm addicted to pornography. <laughs> and like, you need to get me pardoned because I was addicted to pornography and whatever. And, and this pastor is just like, because that's like his single issue is like pornography is making people violent and like Ted Bundy like found this guy and was just like I'll give you a televised interview <laughs> yeah yeah just to try to like to to prolong his life a little longer but so there's the scene where that's happening and the camera does almost like a like a children of men type of trick where like the two of them are having the conversation and the camera pans over to this woman who's like on set as like a, as like a PA or something who's just like starting to get like sad listening to him talk and being like, I like, I actually like believe this guy. Like and you can <laughs> see this woman being persuaded by the sociopath oh, character 
and like you hear him talking but we're nowhere near him anymore we're watching a woman completely off frame (laughs) and that's like an interesting choice to make yeah sure but not enough to really justify a whole movie (laughs) there's one scene that i did want to bring up which is like one of the best scenes i've seen in a while Right. But again, it's only like 30 seconds of the movie, so it's not worth it. Um, it's like Elijah Wood, you know, his whole purpose in this movie is like, I just want to know why you do what you do. And Bundy has this like early monologue where he's like, look, you know, you guys can go interview all the serial killers you want. And like, there are like, there's little fish up at the surface and like, you'll catch those any day of the week. They just want to talk to somebody. Right. Right. And then there's medium fish and like every so often you'll catch one of them. But like, if you want to get down deep, like with the real big fucking fish like me, like you're never going to catch us. (laughs) The only way you can catch us is if you come down deep with us Mm. and like be down here with us and, 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 you know, find yourself in the darkness. Then you'll understand why we do what we do. And you're like, all right, whatever. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that's true. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if you're just saying some shit or whatever. But basically, like, it's like the day before Bundy's going to be killed. And he's like, okay, like, I, you know, you promised me, man. Like, you told me that you would fucking, one of these days, you would take me down deep. Like, you're going to die tomorrow. Like, there's no more time to do this but now. Like, so fucking tell me. Like, show me. Bring me with you. Whatever. And it's this really cool scene where Bundy is like, basically this is like, close your eyes, just picture what I'm telling you. And he's like, he's like, you're out, you're like, you're, you see this woman and you're driving slowly. You're like trying not to arouse suspicion. You're like helping her into her car or whatever. Like he's basically walking them through the night of hunting a woman. Right. Sure. And Elijah Wood is having these flashes of things you've seen throughout the movie of him seeing a woman in a car who he like kind of flirts with a little bit or whatever. And, like, he's seeing all these things that you've seen, and he's, like, seeing it in, in himself, right? And and he's, like, like oh, my God. Like, like I see, like, like it's a like recurring theme throughout the movie where he says, like, you know, the people who kill people aren't crazy. The people who kill people are just like you. We just choose to kill people. <laughs> sure. and, and this is when he's, like, he's, like, with him. And he's, like, oh, my God, he's right. He's right. You're not you're not different from me you just made a choice and like he's like seeing this whole thing play out and then there's like a moment right at the end where he's like he's like he's like and and then you know you you bring her to the door and she sees the weapon in your hand and 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 the the air leaves her lungs in like this one final gasp and elijah is like um is like uh he says something like like and in that moment she knows it's her last moment on earth and ted bundy at the same time says like she's yours (laughs) and you're like oh (laughs) this was all bullshit the whole time it's not it's like this isn't a choice that you've made like you fundamentally are like you're seeing that interaction from the two different sides right Mm -hmm. it's like and that's the fundamental difference between the person who kills and the person who doesn't right is like is like the person who who kills this is a this is a hunt and and they're yours you know you've captured this person now and like you know elijah wood is like is you know like empathizing empathizing (laughs) is like she's gonna die now yeah and ted bundy is like and you win and you win (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) and it's like it's a really powerful moment and i'm like it it almost makes a case for the movie but it's only a couple seconds of the movie (laughs) (laughs) dang (laughs) 
<laughs> so ultimately, not worth watching. I wouldn't recommend it. What I would recommend, and I just very briefly want to touch oh, okay. on this, is uh, a TV show that I've been watching, and it's it's still going. It's it's uh, it's a Hulu original series. It's on its fourth episode now. It's doing a weekly thing because Hulu insists on this. Uh, oh, it doesn't all come out at once. No, uh, but it's called Only Murders in the Building, and it is Steve Martin and Martin Short and what uh and steve uh, martin and martin Short. are the two main people and and the woman is um somebody not a comedy legend um but it is the cast of it is just a who's who of like your favorite comedy people in the world like steve martin martin short <laughs> there's like a side character is nathan lane a side character is tina fey like it's just like everybody is in this weird and it's so funny it's really enjoyable and and steve martin is i believe directing it He's at the very least, he's the creator, but like, I, I think he's directing it. And is it funny? It's very funny, but it's also like surprisingly daring for, really? for what you'd expect of it. I'm trying um, to think, when was the last time Martin Short and Steve Martin were in a movie together besides Father of the Bride 2? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but basically, the premise of it, it very simply is that it's like these people who are obsessed with the true crime podcast. And then there's a murder in their building. And so they decide to start a true crime <laughs> podcast to solve the murder that's happened in their building. And wow. it's very uh, enjoyable. That would be such a fun podcast. Yes. If that was a real podcast of like just a fictional story of like a murder happened in our building. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, the uh, I saw somebody tweet this that I think is a very interesting lens to view it through, which is that he's basically taking Woody Allen's role in society uh, Steve Martin by basically okay. just like like this movie premise is like such a Woody Allen movie premise sure. uh, and Steve Martin is just like well Woody Allen's not allowed to do that anymore so <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking doing it's it it's my thing now bitch yeah I make the the upper Manhattan wealthy guy in a murder mystery movie now gosh he's been in so few things recently yeah um, yeah I'll definitely watch that it's good I, as hell it's I mean, very enjoyable I like both of those guys mm-hmm. um so wait, who does the podcast? It's them and this girl in their building, and they all. It's like two old men, two old men, and a young girl. And yeah, they, they're like, we should. Is she like, we should start a podcast? I'm like, what's that? No, no, no. They all know that they all like this true crime podcast. Oh. And then the murder happens, and they're all like, they all start talking about the murder, and then they're like, we should do a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that it's it's very, very fun. fun. It's okay. very very fun. And and the fun thing about it too is that in this Woody Allen premise, uh, Steve Martin's character not fucking the young girl nice. not fucking her not even on the menu very good <laughs> they are very steve platonic martin. and he is fucking an age-appropriate woman <laughs> <laughs> steve martin surprisingly uncanceled for so long oh he's yeah so confident you'd think but uh age-appropriate wife he's got like an age-appropriate wife who appears in dude. the show he's just been playing banjo mm-hmm. uh have you ever seen dead men don't wear plaid no that's an old steve martin movie uh it's a um he it's like a silly noir parody mm-hmm. it's very funny it reminded me of that i wanted to bring up something right before uh that's very a um a very bonus style thing to bring up but uh <laughs> you were saying how it was like a play because it's like mostly talking oh yeah, yeah one thing you know i thought of you know the movie the master you ever seen that movie no oh you've never seen the master i don't think so uh, it's joaquin phoenix and philip seymour hoffman it's a philip uh paul thomas anderson um almost all talking but never feels like a play mm. i just thought that was very strange because uh, i don't know how he yeah did, he did that because it's like 
all talking. <laughs> um, but it's very visual too. Yeah. Anyway, we've got a movie to talk about. We do. Um, and this this week it is 2009's Peter Strickland's debut film, Catalan Varga. Mm-hmm. This is a movie that I saw at a film festival when I was back when I was in college, um, and I was very impressed by it. And I hadn't seen it since then. Uh, but I remember really liking it. Yeah. Um, Peter Strickland has gone on to do movies that you may have seen if you're listening to this and if you have no idea what this is. Uh, his biggest movie, I think, is called Duke of Burgundy, which is a sort of surrealist love story about a town where only lesbians who are into kink live. Okay. Um, <laughs> and the, Yeah, he's on some weird shit, this dude. He's on dude. some very weird shit. Um, and they're like bug researchers or something uh-huh. uh he also did a movie called in fabric where um there's a killer dress it's a dress that kills people but it's all shot like an italian giallo film yeah uh-huh. um he rides the line now between like very campy horror and um art films you know um so he he occupies a weird sort of not quite a 24 type space yeah um Berberine Sound Studio was a second film, which is about an Italian horror uh, company, uh, where and a sound guy who's yeah, doing the sound. I thought that's the one that he's like most known for. Maybe that one. I'm not yeah. really sure which ones people. But Duke of Burgundy was like a big like indie. Like I think it won the Palme d'Or or something. Yeah. Um, it was like a big indie, uh, f- feature for him. Berberine Sound Studio is on Netflix, and a lot of people have seen that one because it's sort of a horror type deal. Um, anyway, but this is his first movie. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I hadn't watched it in a long time and Jeremy hadn't seen it either. Had never seen it before. Uh, had never heard of this guy really. Yeah. He's not very famous unless you're in the sort of weird foreign, he's British. Yeah. Uh, foreign. That's the biggest surprise to me. First and foremost is that he's British. He's not Transylvanian. He's not Transylvanian. (laughs) This movie takes place in Transylvania it's uh, all in Hungarian. It's all in Hungarian. He d- apparently doesn't speak Hungarian, so no. I don't know how that worked for him as as a director. <laughs> that seems crazy. Also, why he would choose to do it. Yeah, that's also interesting. I have to assume that was a budgetary thing uh, because yeah. the whole thing about this is that he like inherited some money from a dead relative and he like made this movie on his own. And I guess like he had spent some time in Transylvania or something on vacation. And he was like, that place is sick. It looks so cool. I should yeah. make a movie there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a very um, cheap place to make a movie. Yeah. I, I do know that. I think the budget for this is like $20,000. 20000 bucks, uh, Or lira or whatever. Euros or whatever. Oh, that's like nothing then. <laughs> I think it's. Was it? I no, they Euro. weren't in the Eurozone. So. I think it was lira. Yeah. So I have no idea. It was very low, an extremely low budget film. Uh, but it is shot on sixteen super 16 millimeter, so it mm-hmm. looks really nice. Um, this movie is not on Blu-ray. Um, there's only a DVD transfer of it. Yeah, um, I watched it on YouTube. Oh, you watched the YouTube one? Yeah. Where the, I, I saw that and I was like, because I Googled it to make sure that you were able to watch it. And it was on rent on Amazon. And it was mm. also on YouTube. It wasn't available on Amazon. What? Yeah, it was not available to rent. All right. It's on the Amazon interface, but it is not available to rent right now. Oh, shit. Um, well, it's, but on, it's on YouTube. YouTube for free. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I, I couldn't figure out how to turn subtitles on. So oh, I you just, just use the closed captioning. Oh, yeah. 
Well, I just downloaded it. Anyway, so, um, yeah. So, this is a movie that is very depressing uh, yeah it's a miserable <laughs> piece of shit is it's what it is it's i liked it but it is such a miserable film <laughs> yeah okay so you liked it what, what are your thoughts off the top i i would say it's ultimately an enjoyable movie um but it is diabolically cruel it's, it's just so like, dark it's such a dark and upsetting thing to watch yeah and oh, um, yeah i wanted to say this uh we never do this but content warning for this huge one. content warning. Uh, i'll actually might i think maybe we should put it in the description um we're going to talk frankly about rape on yeah. this on this episode it's, it's a movie about rape it's a movie it's, about rape and uh it's it's real sad and if you don't want to hear about that, please turn it off now because it's, we're going to get there's into a little bit of There's nothing else to talk about, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so so I liked it ultimately. I think there was a lot of fun directing. I think there was a lot of like interesting visual stuff. The sound design is wild. Impeccable. So cool. Um, acting, surprisingly very good so for good. such a low-budget movie. Uh, I just think it's miserable. And I think that I, <laughs> I like it less after hearing him talk about it oh you watched him talk about it i'm very upset after hearing him talk about (laughs) it yeah (laughs) okay since the the plot of the movie let me give you let let, let me give you something before we get into the plot just because it's so dark and i don't want people to turn this off before i say something Uh, (laughs) um (laughs) if you you know uh, one thing i i saw this movie in 2009 in college yeah i have had over a decade to think about my feelings about it and project my intentions, I guess on it. And to me, I have, and it, and it still rings true to me. And I, and I, this is why I liked it is because it deals with justice and, and rape Mm. and the feelings around that and forgiveness and, and vengeance in a really, like you said, cruel way, but, very realistically like the yeah. emotions are so raw and so visceral and real to me that i i was just blown away by the movie mm-hmm. i loved it so much i never heard of the guy and it was another it was like almost five years before his second film like it was a long time right and and i was the only person who cared like no one knew who he was no one had seen this movie you know it it, it, it won like an award at uh the berlin from film festival yeah, it won I think. the silver bear yeah and um so you know it did well in like some foreign markets but no one was a big f- this didn't do anything yeah uh, but it did get him to make another movie and that was fairly successful and it's been like that so last year or no not last year before the pandemic <laughs> um in 2019 i went and saw him mm-hmm. do a q a um and it was a double feature it was in fabric and duke of burgundy and we watched both of them at IFC or Metrograph, I think. And uh, then there was supposed to be a Q&A, but people had left. Yeah. And so it was like only like me and like one other person was there. And so they just didn't do the Q&A. Oh. So I just found him in a bar. And I was like, <laughs> I want to talk to you about something. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like very flattered by what I said. Uh-huh. But I was like, why did you change hands so deeply? Like, I thought you had a lot to say with Castle and Varga. And you kind of are doing this fun stuff. And I was wondering, will we ever go back to really intense questions of like justice and and forgiveness and and vengeance and he was like i don't think anyone wants that 
like he was like he's like i was trying to he's like i've never had anyone compliment me about this like what i've heard is you either you know it was a good movie or nothing or you shouldn't have done that (laughs) (laughs) and i was like well i was really important to me in 2009 and he was like you're literally the first person who's ever said that to me (laughs) (laughs) so i have a little bit of an inside track on it like yeah i don't know what his intentions were and i've never really heard him talk about it because there was no q a yeah i i mean i won't (laughs) say that what he said is like out of line necessarily oh i would say that like there's there's a central question that will always be asked of a male filmmaker making a movie about rape, which is sure. like, why is this your story to tell? Right. And I heard him talking about this, and basically he was talking about how so so. I feel like we have to tell the plot of the movie. Okay, but, let's go but, with the but, plot but, of the movie now. And again, content warning: please turn it off. But you don't just hear about just rape. A, a a pin here. We need to come back to this because yeah. this is very important to my feelings about the movie. But. <laughs> So the the story of the movie is that uh, she uh, the main character uh, Catalan 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 they say Catalan they say it weird I don't yeah, know yeah, I just say Catalan Varga Catalan Varga Catalan Varga is a woman who lives in a shitty little village uh, <laughs> with her her son her beautiful son and her husband and um, the first thing that happens in the movie is her husband finds out that uh, his son is not really his son. Uh, that he has a different father and he kicks her out of the house and says, leave this fucking village. In yeah, fact, he slaps do not her, come back. Uh, you made a fool of me and says, I, you're dishonoring me. And yeah. we've been together for 10 years and you just told me now, or I just found out now. Yeah. From somebody I, else entirely. Right. And everybody in the village is going to know soon. And like, I'm going to be fucking humiliated. Get the fuck out of here. Don't ever come back. Mm-hmm. And so she leaves and she goes to another village to try to find the man who raped her 10 years prior. Uh, not even like, not necessarily even like explicitly stated that it's for revenge. It's not clear. She just doesn't know what else to do because she's a villager yeah. and all she knows is the village. And like, it's just like, I guess I'll just go to this other guy and see what happens or whatever. Uh, so she gets to the other village. She finds this guy who uh, stood by and uh laughed while she was being raped right. and she you murders find out him later like that he basically attacked her and you know i mean did not what well, did not literally take part in the the act yeah but like did like drag her out of the car with him yes. and laugh and you know did it with the guy yeah and, and and so she she murders this guy and then she moves on to the next town all the while she's dragging her son along and being like we're going to visit your grandmother i think she's gonna die soon um right lying to the kid yeah and, and and so they get to the second village where they find the man who raped her, who now is settled down with a wife, and they have a lovely pastoral life together. And uh, she kind of just like sneakily kind of joins in with them to hang out for a bit. She yeah, she's say, basically saying like, hey, dude, can I stay for a couple nights? I'm like traveling, and then like kind of has some good conversations with the wife, and like starts almost ingratiating herself to the the wife. And, yeah. And he, so here's the thing. the This movie isn't billed in any way, but you sort of get the feeling that it's going to be a rape revenge yes. movie. And it, it is almost not a 
parody or a send up, but like a subversion of a rape and revenge movie. Mm-hmm. It's like I spit on your grave if you really had to do that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then so you're you're not a badass who knows how to use a gun and you don't actually want revenge. You're now faced with the reality. But the movie really reveals itself here where you're faced with the reality of this is a person who has lived 10 years of their life after this thing that traumatized you. Mm-hmm. And now they are having a very lovely relationship in a pastoral place. Um, and now you have power over them. And she basically kind of talks to the wife. And then in a very uncomfortable scene, explains what happened while they're on a boat yeah. with, um, to the wife and the, the, the guy, the rapist as though she's talking about someone else. So, so the husband understands that who she is. He doesn't yeah. remember who she he is. He remembers this whole story. Yeah. He didn't recognize her until now. Now he realizes who it is. Yeah. And now she, he recognizes the situation. The wife still has no idea. Mm-hmm. And, um, then there's a lot of sequences where, you know, he's really good with her son. Yeah. And it's, yeah, yeah. it's they have like a great time together because they can't get pregnant. Yeah. And, but he's always wanted a kid. Yeah. And, um, yeah, at some stage they have like a, like, a not even a confrontation. They just kind of talk about what happened and the wife overhears it. Wait, we forgot to mention something very important is that in, after she kills the first guy, these gang, members yeah these just like weird ass like his, dudes. his boys of the guy she killed are now on after her and like yeah. come to the house that she was staying at and try to find her they escape um and before and then and then they go to the second guy's house um so go continue so yeah so so they have a conversation about what happened uh the wife overhears it right. and the next morning kills herself hangs herself um and then in that commotion of him sort of he he takes the wife down he's grieving and um oh yeah he just like in a a moment of emotion basically just tells the son like i'm your real fucking dad this is what happened he doesn't tell him that it was a rape he just says you know i'm I'm, your real dad mm -hmm. uh and and then the kid runs away they're off looking for him and these gangsters uh catch up to them and uh they they murder her and that's the end of the movie they she splits off from the the guy and the son they can't find her she gets tackled in the woods and yeah oh and they and they explain to her too uh this is very important as well they explain to her like look you fucking asshole like you killed a guy and like whatever it is that you did it for i don't know but that you know that's two kids who are gonna fucking grow up without a dad because of you so just know that that's why i'm killing you and and then he kills her yeah and then that's like literally the end yeah to black they slit her throat and she and then it's that's the slit her throat i thought he hits her with a brick oh yeah he has got the knife to her throat but then you hear uh yeah so i think yeah so so that's the that's the movie (laughs) And, and you know it's funny because we even talking about it it's really difficult to convey how visceral and upsetting even the conversations are yeah like when they're just talking about it like she's saying like i pictured 
many uh, many nights of like my bloody glorious vengeance yeah and she's yeah, like yeah. what a fucking disappointment this is of just like sitting and not really having the courage to yeah we're do just like having a glass of wine together and yeah. talking mm-hmm. um so yeah so to put so to circle back to what we were talking about before right is i yeah. <laughs> i watched this interview with him talking about the movie and so the, there's a question that will be asked of male filmmakers making a movie about rape and it is why is this your story to tell and the thing that upset me and and i don't think that this is like ultimately like a sin that's unforgivable or something like that it's more of like an out of touchness that is indicative of a male filmmaker making a film about rape which is basically that he's saying that like when uh when she meets up with the guy and he is you know who he is he's a family man now he's like a married happy man with a farm and whatever and like he's good with the kids and he's like he's like it kind of creates this complex sort of situation where it's like it's a question of like can people like can people be a good person and and do a bad thing sure and you're like yes (laughs) what do you talk yes like (laughs) it's 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 I don't know. It, it just kind of like screams out of touch to me to, to, sure. to be saying like, can a good man rape? Yes, absolutely. Like that's the whole thing is like, the, <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. And <laughs> the whole point of like the, like the, the, the discourse around the idea of being quote capable of rape is that it's like, everybody is capable of like of it, disregarding it, someone's it, consent, yeah, especially exactly. with sex because of how, commonplace and entitled yeah exactly yeah um but what i loved about this movie at the time mm-hmm. and and still i mean whatever strickland has said about it he doesn't seem like a guy who's very good at about talking about his art yeah and i um, again i don't want to say that like this is like a cancelable like whatever like yeah. it, it is just like it, it it made me think less highly of the movie i still really like it yeah <laughs> but i think less highly of it i think that's fair i mean I think what I put on it, it was interesting because like what I have put on it for the past decade of really speaking to something that I resonated with is almost not in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like, I felt like watching it again. It was what I remembered watching was an insanely slow, very like glacially paced mm-hmm. agonizing film um where very little happens and you have a lot of time to think about what's happening and like there's a long sequence like i remember it feeling two hours two and a half hours long Mm. and it's just a very different movie than what i remember but it's like it was interesting to watch it and realize how much i had put on the movie um so it's difficult for me to really talk about just what's in the movie but i think it's the, the seed of it is still there and what that is is that it's a movie about vengeance and it's a movie about justice Mm -hmm. and forgiveness and, and what those things mean to individual people. And what's interesting, what's fascinating to me is it kind of fakes you out being like, this is going to be some sort of like indie rape revenge movie. Yeah. Because she does kill that guy. The first guy. Um, I didn't even realize that she killed him at first. Right, because it's shot really close. And, yeah, it's like um, it's hard to follow, and like it kind of looks like she throws the stone to the side. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really realize that she killed him. But there's like no honor, or glory, or like release, really. Yeah, 
Um, and once she gets the second guy, it just feels like she's run out of steam. Um, and she see it's not she like feels bad for the person that the wife thinks he is. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And she doesn't want to. She like has this moment of like, do I want to ruin this woman's life too? Yeah. Well, um, and she even like in the conversation where he's like, don't put her through that, and she's like, oh, what? So I should play fair? And yeah. you're like, but you don't even believe what you're saying right now. Like, you don't believe that she should be a, a like a like a casualty of of this you know like there's no like by the time she gets to him there's no way she can enact her revenge without bringing in innocent bystanders yeah a huge ripple effects yeah i think what it does so well is like show the ripple effects of his original violence yeah through her life and then show the complexities of her doing anything about it have all these other bad consequences. Mm-hmm. And what I really liked about it is that there's no easy answers. Like the movie isn't preaching, well, she should just forgive him. Right. Like that's not what it's saying. It's saying like something needs to have been done, but nobody really can do it without it being, there's no easy way to do it. There's no clean, like, I'll just shoot this guy in the head. And, and then, then that's I'll it. Feel Justice better. is done. Yeah. Because she wouldn't even feel better. Right. And I think that I think that really resonated with me of like there isn't a way to take back. Like I think what she really wants is for that not to have happened. Right. And you can't do that. And even if this guy realizes he made a mistake and even if he's sorry and if he's really sorry, like the ripple effect of that action has just set on a course of violence for the rest of the movie and her life, you know. Right. And to her own death. Um, yeah, it's, uh, and I think looking at it again, I think what the point of it might've been of like, what if we did a rape revenge story that's sad? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that might've been all the thought really put into it. Um, but what I think he ends up getting at is this really desperate and, and sorrowful thing. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it, something that I took a lot out of it was like, sort of the idea that everyone is an individual and everybody has their own, like everybody's story continues after the thing happens, right? And every, right. everyone's life exists before the thing happens and the thing happens. And that's a singular moment that everybody relives in one way or another. But like, regardless of that, like stuff keeps happening, you know? And so like when she revisits, you know, she revisits the rapist and he's like happy with the family and whatever, but like the thing that really cements it is like right before she dies, when the guy says to her, like, like there's that's, two kids, there's two have... kids who don't have a dad. Mm-hmm. That's the moment where you're like, that's what this movie's about. This movie is about how like, you know, the, like she was right to fucking want revenge on him. And like, she deserved to do like, she deserved some sort of, you know, justice, some or... sort of justice, some sort of healing from this. But it's like, ultimately like people are people continue to be hurt by it right right and And it 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 it, i guess saying it this way of just like violence begets violence or you know an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind yeah like feels really trite but in this movie it makes that sort of feel very very profound of just like because you want her the whole time you're wanting catalan to 
make this right to be able yeah. to live her life. Because the problem with the eye for the eye thing is that it, it, it implies this sort of like precision, right? It, it implies that mm-hmm. there's like, like the problem of an eye for an eye isn't, you know, it, the problem of an eye for eye is like you're hurting somebody in exchange for a hurt that's been done to you. And so ultimately, if everybody does that to each other, then everybody ends up hurt. Right. right? As though you could do it once and it'd be OK. Yes. But like <laughs> the but what this is saying is that like an eye for an eye is is fake bullshit. What an eye for an eye really is, is a roadside bomb. You yeah. know, like you can't pick somebody's <laughs> eye out. You can blow up a roadside bomb. Yeah. And ultimately you might you might you'll or kill, kill the guy. <laughs> sure. But I mean, you're going to blow a fucking kid's leg off yeah. you know <laughs> like and now this yeah and and we haven't really mentioned this but like orlon is his name right yeah orlon the kid um god he's such an empathetic character he's a baby and he, yeah you know that telling him isn't gonna do anything yeah but it's like you feel bad that he's being lied to you feel bad that he's been displaced by the guy he thought was his father now he's got this other guy who's like basically going to take him in as his real dad i guess his real dad hope you kind of assume because he liked the kid and he's like but his like the way he got to having a son basically the way he got to being a single dad is like by raping a girl 10 years ago and then that kid showing up yeah and then like what is that going to do to the kid is he ever going to tell him like is there ever going to be honesty and this will this ever um resolve like can it ever you know it's like this just like huge crater in the world of these people's lives just by like this guy doing something awful once yeah um yeah so you like you said at the beginning it's fucking miserable (laughs) it's a miserable movie the other thing that i kept thinking of when i was done with it is just like the the infinite capacity there is for men to do like the the way that like the like violence from men to women is consequenceless you know yeah. like even in the world where like justice happens and like this guy is caught by a, a, a bunch of goons and they they <laughs> grab him right after the rape happens and they fucking string him up and they cut his dick off and whatever it's like the the, the ability for men to do to women like it's just like a biological thing i guess that it's just like it it can't exist the other way where like i was thinking about how it like yeah i'm like not articulating this very well but i was thinking about how like the biology is such that like a man can rape a woman make her pregnant she has the rest of her life of of a kid in her life that was made through this violence that you did to her go through abortion or going through abortion but i mean i don't know if they had access in in whatever world this is yeah in their horse-drawn carriage but also cell phone world (laughs) poverty world third world or second world um but like that he can impose this whole thing on her I don't know. It, it not to minimize men who've been raped or but at the same time there is a certain reality of like yeah, what I was thinking is like like the power dynamic of of men subjugating women throughout history can't be unrelated to the fact that men can also like impose this violence physically on women. Yes. Like those two things are connected and I don't know, it's just like it's just a miserable movie. <laughs> man i don't recommend watching it <laughs> i do i think it is a an incredible film the the score is by 
one of the best noise artists of all time, Stephen Stapleton, also known as Nurse with Wound. Yeah, the, um, the sound design is incredible. The sound design is incredible. The movie looks amazing. Uh, it is a, like I said, it's a shot on Super 16. It has this, like, just awful, like, black metal look to it sometimes. Yeah. Uh, some of the, just a lot of the shots of just, like, whatever the situation is, just looks gorgeous. It's it's very service. It's incredibly well directed, and I think, in my opinion, his still his best film. I think Dark, Duke of Burgundy is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, it falls flat, and it's a little twee, I guess, in a <laughs> way. Like it's it's a cute movie about lesbians, but it's like it it does it doesn't do as much as this. And I'm not. I do think that there's a weird question of like authorial intent mm-hmm. uh, with this one because to me, this is like a movie that discusses something so frankly that I've never seen a movie discuss, which is if you confront your rapist, what do you do? What do you want? Yeah. Um, and the, that's a really difficult question to answer. Um, do you want them to have a bad life for the rest of their life? Do you want them to suffer physically? Do you want them to die? Do you want, them to get right you know like yeah like what do you what kind of retribution is it um what do you want them to experience and what do you want to experience and i think for a lot of women um the answer is that besides not wishing it didn't happen um you kind of want to be able to just not think about it anymore yeah um and that can look a lot of different ways but when you have a kid who is the product of the rape it's it's impossible right you just can't like there's no the the the, you have a living breathing reminder that you have to keep alive she literally says in this movie yeah to him um and i just i i i have to say i recommend it just because i've never seen a movie deal with it yeah i i've never seen a movie like this before where so frankly deals with what vengeance actually means mm-hmm. and what you would g- even get from it because if she just kills him like i don't think the movie ends happy right you know what i mean <laughs> and it's uh, it, but it deals with so many sticky questions like the idea of like keeping the kid in the dark and like you're ultimately doing a bad thing to him by lying to him you're right. there's no way around that like by lying to him about what's happening you're doing a bad thing to him you're ultimately setting him up to be hurt in the future but you also have a right to not tell anybody about what happened it's yours to own it's yeah. yours it's your trauma that happened to you you're allowed to do that but it's like does that make it good what is good <laughs> you <know>? yeah like, <laughs> yeah and that's why i mean like i said it's not an it's funny because it's to me quite an enjoyable movie for most of it yeah like it looks gorgeous it's a really interesting setting the you know you don't really see transylvania very much in movies yeah especially nearly impoverished transylvanian people in who live in villages and live in villages and like they again i cannot stress this enough she is riding a horse-drawn carriage from town to town but you see she has a cell phone the first time i noticed it it's yeah she has a little flip phone but she was she wears like a bonnet Mm -hmm. and like everybody that she sees dresses kind of old-timey the first time i caught something weird was the first set of teen girls that she encounters when she's on the way to the first village and one of them is wearing a baseball hat and i'm like 
what the fuck? <laughs> You're like, what year is this? Yeah. I remember in 2009, us seeing this movie being like, wait, what? I thought that I, I thought we were supposed to be in the sixties or the fifties or yeah. like Russia, you know, when the Soviet union, you know, was going on. And then like, she pulls out a cell phone. I was like, what is right now? What is this yeah. how it is still? And it, it is like, I mean, I like, guess, I don't know. What um, the fuck do I know? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like lots of people still just live in like farming villages. Um, with horse-drawn carriages i mean like, people tell her to get a car yeah you know, but she doesn't have one because she's poor and she's, her yeah. probably her you know either her husband has it or whatever you know did you ever see um everything is illuminated i did it's kind of a, i didn't like it but i read the book too. no i don't i mean the movie kind of sucks uh except for the guy from gogo bardella is very enjoyable mm-hmm. in it um he is but it kind of reminded me of that a little bit where it's like there are scenes in that movie where you're just like, is this really what it's like? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, but uh, yeah, so I mean, so it's it's beautifully photographed. The soundtrack, I mean, like if you're a, if you're an experimental music nerd, it's a must see. Like you mm. must find the soundtrack, even if you don't want to watch it, even if you turned this off due to the trigger warning. Um, like incredible score. Um, I... It's very enjoyable, and then it becomes just very difficult to watch um, because it's dealing with something incredibly painful. Um, But I think movies should be able to do that, Uh, and I think this one does it really well um, and raises a lot of great questions that people should have their own answers to, I think, even if there isn't, like, Obviously, there's all these legal questions, too. But, I mean, just within yourself, like, what do you want from people who've wronged you? I think is a good question to have an answer to. Yeah. Um, and I think it, it does a really good job of interrogating those things. So, I, I love this movie. It's one of my favorite movies. Um, I definitely... I say that having not watched it but twice <laughs> and in over 10 years. Uh, because, again, hard to watch. Yes, I would not recommend watching it because it's hard to watch. <laughs> I don't hear like I think I it's don't a very want... I think it's a very good movie. Don't do it to yourself. It's not worth it. I think that that is a f- completely fair. <laughs> you should sentiment. keep living in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> but if you've gone through something traumatic, don't um, watch watch like watch Taxi. <laughs> just like watch something funny <laughs> and just Jimmy enjoy Fallon? yourself. <laughs> no, Taxi the TV oh, show. Okay. Uh, yeah. So that's that's the movie. Um, I don't know if there's much more to say about it. Uh, Strickland hasn't never made another movie like this. All of his movies have been like giallo film. Yeah. Send offs. Now it just seems like he's a freaky weirdo. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, but I love this movie and uh, yeah, don't watch it unless you want to delve deep into your own sense of morality and uh, pain and trauma. Uh, but if you do want to do that, it's one of the best. <laughs> Um, you have anything else? That's it. All right. Thanks so much for listening to Generation Lost. That's been the show. Please, uh, if you'd like to hear more of our show that isn't so dour, we've never <laughs> really done an episode this dour. No. Uh, and we probably won't for And it's funny because the, the, the bonus was kind of like this, too. It's probably because <laughs> we watched this movie today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the bonus this week is almost all about... It's very introspective and, and emotional. And, yeah. <laughs> We talk we talk very briefly about how podcasting isn't therapy and then we just like talk about losing friends we do it. for we an do hour. Therapy. <laughs> we we, want, we don't worry if you want to hear us talk about the new matrix for 20 minutes mm. go to patreoncom slash generation loss 
uh, and sign up and to give us pay- five dollars a month. Five dollars a month, where you can hear us talk about the Matrix and how it's uh, trans. It's uh, about being trans. <laughs> it's about being trans, and that's fine and good, and it's cool, and we're excited for four. Um, otherwise, you will also get a Discord access where we'll show you the movie. Um, shout out to Pfeiffer for doing that still. Um, but otherwise, we'll see you there, and we'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye. Yeah!